0: So I wanted to talk about prayer tonight, and I have a, I preached a message back in, uh, well, July of last year, 2019, preached a a series called This is How I Fight My Battles, and we were talking about prayer, and my wife, when we were doing uh, live streams for a month and a half, at the beginning of this year, I was sick one of those nights with this whole diabetes thing, and I couldn't do the message that night. So my wife got on there and did a devotion about prayer, okay? And I kept her notes, and she gave me her notes because there's a lot of good stuff in here, and I wanted to just give you a portion of this, okay? It says prayer isn't a ritual, okay? Even though it might feel like that sometimes, Amen? we got to get it out of our head that it's a ritual. It isn't something we we are uh, obligated to do in a sense that if we don't, God's never going to do anything for us, okay? That's what a ritual is. A ritual is, if I don't do this, God's not going to do something for me, okay? God already did something for you before you were ever even saved, okay? He already had your life planned out before you were ever born. Remember that? Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and had a ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations amen so we got to understand that God does not look at prayer or our communication with him as a ritual it is a symphony to be orchestrated it does not have a process it does not it doesn't deem we run to an altar to kneel putting our putting on our holy face, Or lifting up burnt offerings and sacrifices. We can pray anywhere, anytime, while walking, or even driving. And she made it sure to mention, if you are driving while praying, do not close your eyes, okay? It's pretty important not to do that while you're driving. And (laughs) And you can pray while you're working. She said, I do it a lot while I'm mowing or doing laundry or lawn work. Whatever, what better way to praise him for the beauty of his creation and all that is around you. God delights in any simple words offered to him. He wants to talk to you. That's the number one thing about prayer. Okay, We think that somehow we're, and a lot of people, Lord, I'm sorry to bother you. You don't have to approach God that way. God's not bothered by your prayer. God's not bothered by you coming to him. He expects it. Amen? God waits in anticipation of you fulfilling his will to come and talk to him. Amen? Prayer. He wants you to talk to him. He responds to to a two-word cry in the middle of a busy afternoon, just as much as he does the same at the first at the first waking in the morning. It doesn't have to be long prayers. Matter of fact, Jesus said, Don't go on talking like you're going to get something more. Like all these publicans do. They beat their chest and they think for many words, like the Gentiles, they're going to get something from God if they just keep on babbling. Amen. God is not interested in your babbling, but he definitely is interested in your prayer. Amen? Jesus' prayer, we'll get into it outside the tomb of his friend Lazarus, went just like this. Lord, I know that you always hear me, but for the sake of those around me, what, did, what, what does he mean for the sake of those around me? He was praying to show them what they should be doing. Amen? He was praying that they would know that this thing that he was doing wasn't... What did he tell the disciples when they they couldn't cast that one devil out of that, that one guy? He said, this kind comes out but by what? Prayer. Fasting. Meaning that There's some things that you need wisdom on. There's some things that you need an understanding or a word of understanding on how to go about it. Amen? And to think that God won't answer me is mind-boggling to me. Okay? God answers prayer. God don't, now I'm going to be real careful. God may not speak down from heaven and say, hey, go and do this. But God will lead you by his word. He'll lead you by other people's confirmation of what you feel like you should be doing. They call that let all things be done in the church by the witness of what? Two or three? Correct? Let every word be established by the... Come on. I'm just telling you biblical things. This is not some phony baloney stuff I'm talking about. This is what scripture talks about. In regards to prayer, in regards to knowing God, knowing we're hearing from God, amen? Let's talk about this. Prayer is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God. Simply put, it's communicating with God, with and to God, amen? God has called us all to pray. He taught us to pray, and we're going to read that here in just a minute. He taught us to pray. He told us what to do when we pray. Why would he teach us to do something that he did not want us to practice? What's the point? Why teach you to pray? Why tell you how to do it? Why? Huh? If he didn't have an expectation of you doing it. Amen? Prayer is not something that I... I can do if I want to. Prayer is something I need to do as a Christian. It's going to benefit me in my walk with God, okay? Now, we're not going to walk around like some of these guys on TV and the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that, okay? Because if anybody starts doing that all the time to you, walk walk away, okay? Because you don't see the apostles doing that, okay? You don't see the apostles walking around like God told me this about your situation. And God told me that about your situation. God told me this about your situation. That ain't in scripture, okay? That's just not. Now, did God give people specific word for specific situations? Sure, He did, but it was not as common as we see it today, when everybody's got a word from God, right? That's run away, okay? I love what Steve Lawson said. He said, if you're going to tell me it thus saith the Lord, it better be a chapter and verse. Amen. <laughs> Everything that we say in church, if, if there's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, any of that stuff, it needs to be verifiably understood to be scriptural. You understand me? It has to be. If it's not, throw it out. It don't mean anything. Amen? Let's talk about this one more thing. I know there was something else in here that I wanted to. Most effective. Prayer is the most effective and underutilized weapon in the church today. Why I say most effective but underused? Well, pastor people pray all the time. Sure they do. We're forgetting one big part of prayer, God's will in our life. Amen. I mean, let's 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 uh, let's turn to Matthew, okay? Before I get lost in a tangent here, I want to go to Matthew chapter. I believe it's chapter ten. No, it's six on what I'm thinking. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, Kevin. You preached a whole message. You preached a whole three months on the Sermon on the Mount. You can't remember where this passage is. Goodness gracious. I want to start at verse five, and I want you to notice the phrasing. Now, I'm reading now the English Standard Version. So when I read this, I might have somebody reading a King James read it. I might have somebody with an NIV read the first sentence too, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna see something here. Verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and in the street and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say unto you, they have received their reward. Mike, what's the King James say? And when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Where they are to you, we have their reward. Amen. Amen. Now, who got an NIV? Anybody? Anybody got an NIV? Like nope, nobody with NIV. It's alright. I can tell you that the NIV says when also. Very first thing in all of these is when you pray. You see, there's an expectation on Jesus' part that you're not gonna not pray, okay? There's never a thought in Jesus' mind that you're not going to pray okay now in, the, in Luke in this same story they came to him and they said teach us to pray like John's apostles taught or John's disciples were taught by John how to pray right and when Jesus starts his discourse in Luke he says this when you pray when not if not if you get around to it not if you think it's a good idea to not if you got enough time to he says when you pray Now, today, we're like, I just can't pray. I just don't have time to pray. I just don't have time to do this for God. I don't have time to do that for God. I don't have time to do this other thing for God. You know, I was asked by somebody in our church, you know, can you really expect people to show up every night for prayer? Sure, I can. Because people make time for what's important to them. People do. They'll make time for what's important to them. Okay? Everything else in life that they want to do, people do it. Now, I ain't expecting anybody to sign up for this because me and Mike just made the commitment for ourselves. And if anybody else wants to make that commitment, they can make that commitment. You can pray at home. You don't even have to show up here. I even said that when I posted it on Facebook. I said, you don't have to be here. If you can't be here, pray where you're at at 6 o'clock every night. Just be praying. Amen. But if anybody does want to come and make a commitment to be here every night, praise the Lord. Because I think we need to start putting more emphasis on spiritual things. We need to put more emphasis on doing the things that Christ told us to do. Not read the Word less; read it more. Not pray less; do it more. Not meet together less, but do it more. Amen. Not he he said when you he said do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves as is the custom of some, but all the much more as we see the day approach. I think we ought to be doing all the things that Christ told us to do, all the much more. And prayer is definitely something that we need to do all the much more. He said, truly I say unto you, they will have their reward. Verse 6. But when you pray. He said it again. said it again. But when you pray. Go into your. Room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you, will reward you, excuse me. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Gentiles do for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. And we all know this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I want to stop right there because that's where we need to be. Okay? Because so many prayers that we hear prayed right now. You can turn a TV on. You can listen to all these TV preachers and they're praying Oh, they, oh it's scripture when I'm praying stop telling people I'm not praying God's will I'm praying no you don't know that you're praying God's will okay because here's the thing does God heal people sure he does okay but God also has a purpose in suffering God also has a purpose in challenges and tests and trials so that I can be conformed into the image of Christ and if you keep trying to pray me out of that I'm going to miss exactly what God's trying to do in me Stop trying to pray it away. Stop trying to pray the storm away and just pray, God, I know you're going to get me through this storm. So teach me what I need to learn in the middle of this storm. Help me to have the faith to walk through the storm. And when I get to the other side, I'll know you're sovereign, that you're in control, that nothing is beyond you, nothing is past your ability. Now, that's not to say that we go we go around praying, Lord, I want sickness, or we, we walk around, Lord, just give me poverty. We don't do that. Nobody's going to do that, okay? What I'm saying is Jesus told us not to worry about what we were going to eat, not to worry about what we're going to wear, not to worry about what we're going to drink. So what do I pray about? How about you pray for the lost? How about you pray that God's will be done in you? That in the midst of whatever trial you're in, you're changed. That your will would be set aside. And that God's will would be done in you. See, I want to go to, I believe it's James chapter 5. I think I'm going to, once we're done with this month of prayer, I think I'm going to go and do a whole teaching on the book of James. James chapter 5, and I believe it's verse 13. No, that ain't what I'm looking for. I'm looking for James chapter 4. That's what I want. James chapter 4. I'm sorry. Now, James 5 is a good one, and it does deal with prayer there. It's called, talking it talk about the prayer of faith, amen. It does talk about that, and that's definitely a part of what we need to be talking about, okay? But we can't miss what James talks about in chapter 4 before he ever gets to the prayer of faith, okay? You see, every book of the Bible, every, especially the New Testament letters, they're letters, and it's all relevant. Every part of it's relevant. It's a whole message spoke to people, right? So context matters, and everything before James 5 matters, right? So let's look at something. James chapter 4, starting at verse 1. What causes quarrels? What causes fighting among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship is with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is at no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives more grace. Therefore, God says, I, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit your ser- Therefore unto God resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to God and he will uh, draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded be wretched and mournful and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you notice what he says here he says when you ask the King James says when you ask, you ask amiss. Wanted to squander it on your own lust, your own passions, your own exalting of yourself. You understand? And you can hear that in the prayers of all these TV preachers. Okay, you get it. They're, they're praying. They're praying. Well, I'm praying for you to get wealthy. Well, What they're really doing is they're they're saying that's what they're praying, but... If you call them and you ask them for $30,000 for a church building, these men that are multi-billionaires won't send you a dime because they're not there to help people. They're there to get rich. And they're doing exactly what we read about at church this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 6, where they think great gain is godliness. But riches are a snare and full of many troubles. Amen? Amen. And he said, Many have believed this and wandered from the faith. Wow. You see that? So when we pray, there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. That's what it tells me. So, how do I pray God's will? How do I pray God's will for my life? The same way Jesus did. Look, there was something. Jesus looked in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was praying. Prayed three times. Said the same thing three times. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now this is Jesus Christ, The son of the living God, the Messiah, the savior of the world. Right. And even Jesus had to go, you know, this isn't really what I want, but you know what? It's not about what I want. Come on. Now, that's in no way to say that Jesus didn't know that he was going to have to go to the cross. That's in no way saying that Jesus's will was at odds with God's will. Amen. Because Jesus is God. The reality is, is here we're seeing Jesus' flesh go, ah, I don't want to do it. Amen? That's what we're seeing here. Jesus' flesh was freaking out, okay? Freaking out so bad when he was praying, he was praying drops of blood, sweating. Amen? Jesus was not at odds with the Father's will. His, his will was not at odds with the Father's will. It was simply his flesh that was being attacked, persecuted, understanding what he was about to endure. Okay? And it wasn't just the death of the cross that he was enduring. He was enduring the wrath of God for all of humanity's sin. Okay? He, he, was, he who knew no sin was becoming sin that we might be called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's what was happening. So Jesus Gave us examples of how to pray God's will. Look, Lord, I would rather you heal me. But you know what? Even if you don't, your will be done. Amen. I'm telling you, I sat in that waiting room back in May, and I had a choice to make. Do I really believe God is sovereign? God's in control? Because I could have I just went, God, why'd you do this to me? You know, I'm just, I've been preaching how long, did, done this, I've done that. I could have done all that crazy stuff. Could have cried out like a lot of these people. Are, oh, Lord! But instead, I had been preaching for three months about the sovereignty of God. That God's in control. That God is still God in the good times and he's still God in the bad times. He's God on the mountain. God in the bad. Remember that song? And I had a choice to make. Do I believe the word of God, that God is sovereign, that all things will work together for the good of them who are called according to his good purpose? Or don't I believe that? So I made that decision. God, I'm going to trust you. And instead of saying, why, God, why, God, why? I said, Lord, thank you for counting me worthy to go through this. Because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Amen. Now here we see uh, another one. If you want to go to James 1, we talked about this a little bit. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, this is James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without reproach and it will be given. But let him not, let him ask in faith not doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now I can preach a whole sermon on that and I have before. Okay. But the reality is what am I having faith in? Now here's a big question. Because we just talked about there's a right way and a wrong way to pray that he got into in James 4. And then in James 5, he talks about the prayer of faith. And here he's talking about wisdom and asking God for wisdom because God will give to every man generously, correct? But here's the thing. Are you trusting in God or are you trusting in what you're asking? Because there's a big difference. Am I trusting in what I'm asking for? Or am I trusting God for what he's going to do? Because I can't separate. There's my will, Jesus, in the garden. And there's God's will. Amen. Now, God knows what's best for me, correct? God knows what's good for me and what's not. And what we fail to see is all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I can pray, God, move this thing out of my way. If God wants it there, guess what? It's going to be there. And once you pray in faith and you go, God, I want this out of here and God doesn't move it. And maybe at that point you can go, okay, God. Not my will, but your will. Amen? Because at some point, here's the the fallacy that we run into in the understanding of human will. Okay? And I want to talk to you about this just for a second, and then we're going to pray. The fallacy that we have in, in, in the understanding of human will is this. God is infinite, all-powerful, sovereign, correct? We are finite, not in control of anything, right? Dirt, made alive dirt, that's what we are. We're just walking clay that can talk. And somehow people think their will can outride or override God's will. God is infinite. God is all-powerful. Are you all-powerful? You want me to show you you're not? Watch this. Somebody speak a planet into existence right now. You're not all-powerful. God is. Amen? And the reality that we need to come to in Christianity is that we're not in control. God's in control. How many of you have spent your Christian life, sometimes you feel like, man, I'm right in the will of God, and then a lot of other times you go, I don't know what God's doing right now. Amen? <laughs> Amen? And you feel completely out of control. Good! Good! Embrace that. You're not in control anyway. There's going to be a day and an hour that God calls each one of us home. The Bible says it's appointed unto every man once to die. So if it's appointed, that means the day I'm supposed to go home to be with Jesus, there ain't going to be a prayer. There ain't going to be a tongue. There ain't going to be a miracle going to stop me from going home, period. Understand that if we're if there's an appointment for everyone to go home, that tells you right there that you're not in control because none of us would go, Yeah, I want to do that. What if you found out tomorrow's the day that God decided to take you home? Most people would be going, Oh man, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this, right. Of us would our flesh would be doing the same thing Jesus did. Sweating great drops of blood, we'd be up all night. Right? Because the reality is we say we trust God. But do we really? And that's where prayer comes in. Amen. So I want to close. We're gonna pray.